This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We hit the field light! All night light! All night light! Here we go, here we go! Ah! Keep it all, keep it all, keep it all! This is the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast with James Rapine and Daryl Ryder on 923thefan.com. What up and welcome into another edition of the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. I'm James Erpine. He is Daryl Ryder. We are your beat writers for 92.3 The Fan and 923thefan.com. Back at it and we get to talk about a W. We'll talk about the Browns' big win over the Bills, what it means, what we saw from Freddie Kitchens, Kareem Hunt in his debut with the Browns, and so much more. Plus, we got to look ahead to the dreaded Steelers. Just a couple of days away, they come to town on Thursday. We will discuss all things Brown Steelers in what is going to be a huge matchup at First Energy Stadium. But first, a quick reminder to subscribe to this podcast. We do it every single week, and you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, any place, including the Radio.com app. Every episode also posted at 923thefan.com. While you're there, do us a favor, whether it's iTunes or whatever platform you subscribe on, leave us a five-star review so more sports fans can find this podcast. And, Daryl, let's talk about it. Because for the first time in over a month, you covered a Browns victory. It was ugly. There were plenty of things that left to be desired. But overall, they got a dub. And that's what they needed. And they lived to play another day. Your, Your initial thoughts to the Browns handling business against the Bills. It wasn't pretty, but it was effective. And I got to finally hand out some game balls for the first time since <laughs> Did you still September have that template? Did you still have that template like in your on your computer? It's been a while. So no, actually, I, <laughs> I, I was pretty stupid. I accidentally deleted the file. I was like, how did I do these game balls again? How's that done? Yeah, I mean, it's good for the Browns. It was a must-needed win, no question about it. Had they lost, I don't even want to think about what today would have uh, been like at 2-7. and seven. Uh, but they ended the four-game slide only the third time since 1999 that they're able to stop the bleeding at four, which is great. Uh, of the 20 losing streaks that have gone at least four or more games, this is only the third time it stopped at four. Yes, it's been that bad since this franchise has been back, but um, unfortunately, they don't get a lot of time to bask in the glow of it because they got to get right back to work. I mean, Freddie Kitchens told us on the conference call that Sunday night, you know, they, they weren't patting themselves on the back. They were back at work, you know, breaking down the Pittsburgh Steelers who roll into town Thursday night. And I know we're going to talk about them a little later in this podcast. But the reality of the situation is, you know, that win positions them to get themselves back some life into this season because they were dead where they stood after losing to Denver. Um, and they're going to be dead where they stand if they lose Thursday night to the Pittsburgh Steelers and fall to 3-7 and because I think once you get to that seventh loss, you're done. And just looking at the way the AFC is playing out right now, the only way they're making the playoffs is by winning the division, which means they got to sweep the, a- the remainder of the AFC North schedule basically 
uh, and virtually sweep the remainder of the schedule too. So they got a chance. You know, if they beat Pittsburgh Thursday night, let's not get man. You're getting you're you're horse, you but, are getting another card in front of the horse. But, I'm talking about the Bills. I know, but if they can get on a roll, you know they can get on a roll here. Um, I, I think that they can feel good. Baker, I think, played his best one of, if not his best game, one of his best games uh, of the season. Certainly the highest quarterback rating. Uh, the red zone inside the ten offense leaves a lot to be desired, but in spite of those problems. They still won the football game, so my hat's off to them. And they got a little home cooking, James, because they uh, the Buffalo Bills didn't realize that uh, you do not want to be kicking into the dog pound when the game is on the line. Yeah, no, no that that's fair, I, and I, I totally get that at the end. Um, yeah, I'm going to start with what I like, and, and I'll start with Freddie Kitchens because he's still going to get crushed, and I, I still think he's in over his head, and there was plenty of things that I, I called him a buffoon at the end of the third quarter and uh, because of that timeout with three seconds to go and apparently one of the players might have uh, signaled for that timeout, but whatever, he's still a buffoon. Anyways, I'm going to praise Freddie because he did exactly what I was hoping that they would do, and that is feature Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb. If this team is going to make that magical run that you said that I can't even fathom or think about yet, guess what they're going to have to do? They're going to have to utilize their talent a, a, a team that has more talent than anyone, and I believe this, than anyone left on their schedule. You you could say the Ravens all you want, but the really deep down throw into a couple tight ends, Mark Ingram, who is a slightly above average running back in all reality, in, in Lamar Jackson. I, I'd much rather have the Browns' talent than the Ravens. I'd much rather have the Browns' talent than the Steelers. But they can't have a coach setting them up to fail. And I don't think he set them up to fail on Sunday against the Bills. I get it was ugly, but Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, both on the field together, I love it. That's exactly what you have to do when you're you're on that lakefront at First Energy Stadium. You're going to have to run the hell out of the ball. You're going to have to be physical. You need Kareem Hunt on the field uh, as well. So I like that. I like the way they used Odell Beckham Jr. I did. And I we'll get into the red zone stuff, but at least he made an impact. This wasn't one of those games where he was going to torch White for 180 yards. It just it wasn't going to happen. I didn't expect that. But the good news is, is Odell Beckham Jr. drew multiple pass interference penalties. They threw it downfield to him. They had him involved. He still made some catches. He still had an impact. And I get it. He had one where it could have and should have and probably would have been caught normally that he dropped. But overall, I like that. And then Jarvis Landry. I mean, that, that over-shoulder, over-the-shoulder catch where he had to flip around right before the game-winning touchdown to Rashard Higgins. I I don't think people realize how hard it is to track a ball in the air in general. But then to flip around and still have your bearings and not drop the ball and catch the ball, I, I think this is the best the offense has looked. And I get it's only 19 points, but the red zone struggles cost them multiple, probably 10 points in, in the red zone. So I, I think they look good. I think... That's about it as well as you could have asked that offense to play against that Bills defense, which was one of the best in the game. So those are all the positive things uh, I'll take away, at least on offense, uh, from what I saw against the Bills. You're right. It was a much-needed win. They had to do it. And overall, the offense needed to get going, and Freddie Kitchens let them get going and got the hell out of the way. Your thoughts? Well, I think Kareem Hunt's going to help the, the, the red zone problems tremendously. Freddie Kitchens admitted on the conference call Monday afternoon that, uh, you know, they hadn't gotten to that part of the playbook with Kareem just yet, and that's a work in progress. So um, 
they ran it. Uh, they ran 11 plays on three offensive series, and that doesn't include the the the, the penalties or cyber kick in the field goal. But they had 11 plays inside the Bills' 10-yard line. Nick Chubb got the ball seven times. So, what? But what had been been saying about? inside the five-yard line, give the ball to Nick Chubb. So I don't think I can criticize Freddie Kitchens for doing what we have been saying they should do, and that's give it to Nick Chubb just because the results weren't there. I also think Freddie made a good point on the conference call and saying, hey, we got to do a better job maintaining our blocks up front and creating those lanes and the push for Chubb because that didn't happen. So it's easy, I think, to pick apart the inside the five offense for the Browns and just totally destroy Freddie Kitchens. Fact of the matter is that Odell Beckham Jr. got three targets, okay? Two of them resulted in defensive pass interference and a fresh set of downs. The other one, I thought Odell was coming down with the football and he had it ripped out at the last second. That stuff happens. So they – Went to the Stars in that situation. It's not like they handed the ball off to Dontrell Hilliard from the one-yard line here. Mm -hmm. They gave it to Nick Chubb. So from that regard, I can't criticize Freddie because he just did what we told him to do. That was give the ball to Chubb. So uh, the execution, and and Kitchens talked about that as well. They got to work on the execution. And um, I liked what you said about Odell. Uh, and using him, Jarvis was spectacular. Kareem Hunt had a spectacular debut. Nick Chubb did Nick Chubb things. Um, it's just, and it, and it was great to see them put together a game-winning drive. Baker Mayfield orchestrating that game-winning drive in the closing minutes, where they, you know, basically walked down the field, ten plays, eighty-two yards, took nearly four minutes off the clock uh, to, to win the game, and uh, could be a season like, saver. It could, and you know what, Richard Higgins. Uh, thank you, Buffalo. You're not uh, apparently Freddie Kitchens. Not the only one that forgot Richard Higgins is a member of the Cleveland Browns. The Bills did too, <laughs> and um, you know, he possibly made the catch of the season. And I wrote that after the game, and I and we'll see how these coming weeks play out. But if this thing turns around here and they get on a roll that a lot of people are praying and hoping that they're going to get on a roll and do something that this franchise just never does, and that's pile up victories in bulk, then, um, you know, that we could look back on that moment, that throw from Baker Mayfield and that catch by Richard Higgins and all his teammates rolling up the red carpet and doing the, the, the camera, you know, simulation and all that as uh, being a turning point in the season. But time will tell. A lot has to happen for that to ultimately be the turning point of the 2019 campaign. Yeah, no doubt about it. We'll get into uh, Thursday's game coming up in a few minutes. All right, let's get to the bad stuff. Because you're right, the the red zone to me, here's the difference. And I thought Freddie was creative with some of the ways he got the ball to to Kareem Hunt. Uh, Some of the things he did I liked. I I think they need to get rid of the the, the little forward pop pass. Let's just get rid of that completely. Let's let's just end it. I'm done with it. Let's let's get rid of it. You can survive without it. That being said, I get the red zone and, and I like the plays to back them, and you have to do that. And, and they hadn't, and it, it made me crazy for it for eight weeks. But this idea that Joe Blow in the stands, and that includes us, by the way, we're under the the Joe Blow category, is saying Nick Chubb needs the ball at the one. So that's what we should do. And, and I get that's not what they're saying. It's like, hey, we got to get the ball to Nick Chubb. This is how we're going to win. At some point, 
on the eight tries inside the the two and a half yard line or two yard line, you might have to get a little creative. Like if you realize your offensive line is getting its ass kicked, that's when you come up with the creative creative thing. In in my concern is that moving forward, they're going to have to out-physical teams up front to win. Like Thursday, one of the keys, it's no secret, they're going to have to out-physical the Steelers up front in that defensive line that includes T.J. Watt. And if they don't, they're going to lose the game. That's just the – that's it. It'll be like the, yep. the 49ers game where T.J. Watt will be dancing on him, much like uh, Bosa was, you know, and he'll be planting yep. a flag or whatever you want to say. So, so to me, if you realize your offensive line's getting its ass kicked and you're Freddie Kitchens – you can't keep putting them in that position. Much like right. you can't set up Kareem Hunt to fail and you can't set up Odell Beckham Jr. to fail and all that. So he still has to keep growing, and I don't want him to ha- have tunnel vision as a play caller like, we're on the one, we're going to run. We're on the yeah. one, we're going to run. Well, yeah, fine, but m- maybe you run play action and it looks really good and you have a backside tight end flip. You know what I mean? You make it hard on the defense. And, yep. and even if they out physical, you win. So that that's the, the part of this that still needs to be put together. And, and I think we saw it last year, and we've seen glimpses of it, but it, it just it hasn't been there in the red zone this year, and that's why the Browns, well, they, they suck inside the five-yard line. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I said it, I tweeted it yesterday during the game, they need a fullback in the worst of ways. And, and again, going back to the Kareem Hunt thing. He looked and, good, and, though. And, he looked he, good. He looked great. No, he, he looked great. F- fabulous job blocking. I mean, for as great as he was with the ball in his hand, he was just absolutely ferocious in, in the blocking game. And maybe he can be that, you know, fullback that they need or, or, what, or you know, that lead blocker. Um, but, you know, I, I just think that uh, had they had a, full, a true fullback, it would have been easier for them to have success uh, with those running plays. Again, I, I – I just I think it's disingenuous to criticize Freddie Kitchens for doing exactly what we've all been complaining for him to do when they get close to the goal line, and that's give the ball to Nick Chubb. That's what he did. He gave it to him seven of eleven plays from inside the five. I just I don't know. Uh, it's unfortunate that the execution was wasn't there. It's unfortunate that the lanes weren't there, the blocking wasn't there, whatever, and they didn't score points. But I just I don't know. I just think it's very disingenuous of me to criticize Freddie Kitchens for doing something that I said he should do in the first place just because they didn't have success. Sure. I, I totally agree. And I think for the most part, it makes sense. You know, giving the chub. I, I love the the Odell Beckham Jr. Like this idea that you can't throw to Odell on the one. No, you're going to have to. <laughs> you might have to Thursday. And speaking of Thursday, I think both of us are ready to talk about Thursday because as, as fun as it was for you to cover a win – What's more fun than covering Browns Steelers with all the success the Browns have had against that steel curtain in Pittsburgh? We'll get to that next on the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. A must-win would be putting it lightly. The Steelers are going to be in town on Thursday. You can hear every snap of Brown Steelers at 92.3 The Fan or on 92.3 The Fan and plenty of coverage from Daryl at 923thefan.com. Daryl, it's obviously a must-win. If they get to 4-6, and I I think they suddenly, not that there's a a huge margin of error, but it's a new lease on life because you you get to 4-6, and you're still 2-0 in the AFC North, and you have Miami, 10 days to get ready for the Dolphins. Which is a W, and I'm going to say that right now, and I get it. Ken Carmen guaranteed a W on that. Whatever. It's Miami, so if if you can pencil that one in, not in pen, but pencil it, uh, then all of a sudden it's play Pittsburgh on the road for the the right to go to 500. Like you can suddenly see the path to getting back above ground, and they've been below ground for, for a long time now this season for most of this year. And so I can see that. I'm not allowing my mind to go there because I know Thursday, it's it's all about Thursday. You're not going to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh right. if you can't handle business Thursday on, in Thursday night football, bright lights. I don't have a good feeling about it, but uh, the Browns have a chance. No, I, I mean, obviously they have a chance. <laughs> Pittsburgh is playing well. Uh, they've won five of their last six with a backup quarterback on the field, which is just incomprehensible to me because I think I can count on two fingers the amount of times the Browns have won five of six since 1999 (laughs) with any quarterback (laughs) um and you know here the Steelers are first of all the Steelers are doing it thanks to their defense they they have an I think it's fair to say an elite defense they do not have buyer's remorse for making that trade with the uh Jacksonville Jaguars that that trade has worked out beautifully for them uh I kind of rolled my eyes I remember the reporting when they made that trade uh, and I think they were 0-3 at the time, and, and, you know, Ben had gone down, and, you know, you had reporters saying the Steelers believe they can turn the season around, that they're in this thing, and that's why they don't hesitate to, to make aggressive moves like that. Well, every time I want to bury the Pittsburgh Steelers, they resurrect themselves, and I wanted to bury them at 0-3, and here they are having won 5-6. They're in the thick of the, uh, the race. I don't think anyone's catching – the Ravens, I, I think that Baltimore is ultimately going to uh, win the division. But my goodness gracious, Pittsburgh has played some really, really good uh, football. Really, the only hiccup was uh, the loss to the Ravens. And that, and that was, I think, October 5th or 6th or whatever. And that was in Pittsburgh. They lost the game, I believe. It, I think that was the overtime game uh, with the Ravens. So they've played some really, really good football. 
um, having won four straight, and the Browns going to have to bring their A game. If, the, yep. if they thought Buffalo, if they thought Buffalo's defense was tough, which it was, no question about it, that Bills defense Sunday was tough. This Steelers defense is going to be tough, if not tougher. The good thing, one of the, the like the biggest positive I take from anything, James, is the fact Baker Mayfield's had back-to-back games without throwing an interception. And, yeah. and and I, I think was it three touchdown passes he's thrown in two games. Yep. And so, his first two touchdown pass game was was against the Bills. So right, and the Bills hadn't given up had a quarterback throw two touchdowns against them. So um, yeah, I, I I think that uh, you know he's going to have to be even better than he was against the Bills, and he might even have to be better than he was against the Baltimore Ravens th- come Thursday night. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think though. Honestly, and the Steelers are good, and I get the winning streak. The, the Browns should win this game. Let's start there. They, they should win this game. Like, it's, it's another one of those where the talent does not match up. Baker's better than Mason Rudolph, despite what some radio hosts in Pittsburgh want to say. Um, the, the wide receiver court isn't close. Juju Smith-Schuster is maybe, if he was on the Browns, the, the third best you know, he's behind Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Running back-wise, James Conner expected to be back. He's a great story. I like his talent. He's not better than Kareem Hunt. He's certainly not better than Nick Chubb. So, like, I go there. Miles Garrett on the other side. I'll take him over T.J. Watt all day long. So, like, you could do this, and, and I like the Steelers' defense overall better, but I think that the Browns are more talented. The problem is, and what scares me about this, Daryl, short week, the whole town's talking about Freddie Kitchens, and I know I praised him, but on a short week, Freddie Kitchens versus Mike Tomlin? Good luck. Like, I hope he was preparing Monday. Mike Tomlin was preparing for the Browns, and I get it, they're familiar, but they were already beginning preparations last week. So I I, I hope that there's – and just laying the groundwork and all that stuff. That's what teams do, yep. and it's going to be a short week. So I, I just – I hope that Freddie does – what he did on Sunday, which is put his guys in a position to succeed. Because I don't care who you are, it is really tough to tackle Kareem Hunt in the open field and then deal with Nick Chubb pounding into you time and time and time again. You know, like, Minka Fitzpatrick is a dog. But if Nick Chubb runs into him 12 times and and Kareem Hunt runs into him 12 times in the fourth quarter, Minka Fitzpatrick might be a little hesitant. And that's the difference. That's and, and I've seen this for years and years and years, uh, just watching the Bengals and covering the Bengals and then even watching the Browns. Anytime there's a big game against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's always the more physical team. That cannot be the case Thursday. The Browns have to be the more physical team. They fixed the penalties, it seems like, over the past couple of weeks. They've been more disciplined. They have to be more physical than the Steelers. If you tell me that, I'll pick the Browns. I'm worried they're not going to be. That's That's my biggest concern. It's not talent. It's coaching right. on a short week and, and just the physicality. I just I think Pittsburgh, every single time, they're going to bring it in a big spot, and it's certainly a big spot on Thursday. Yeah, and as I said, I mean, they're get, the, Baker and the offense are going to have to be on their A game, okay? Um, and I think that the, the key to success going to be Kareem and going to be Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? And using the passing game to be your complement instead of – the running game being the compliment, if that makes any sense. The yep. weather's supposed to be the, – the forecast right now, as we record this podcast on a Monday evening, the forecast right now, and that's subject to change, um, is that it's going to be clear and good weather. It's just going to be chilly, okay? 
The field has been was tarped Sunday night right after the game. The grounds crew uh, for the Browns does – they're one of the best crews in the entire league. They do a fantastic job. As soon as the game was over and they got the field kind of cleaned up, they tarped it immediately uh, because the, the weather's rolling in, uh, the rain, the ice, the snow, all those things. So um, I don't think that weather is going to be a factor Thursday night other than it's going to be cold. So um, I, I think that the run game this time of year, you know, we, we, we seem to talk about it year in and year out, and it, it seems cliche, but I, I think it matters here. It's not easy to throw and catch a football when your hands are freezing cold, right? Let, let's, let, let's be honest about it. I, I would not walk outside without gloves, if the, you know, if the temperature's cold. It just it, I can't feel anything in my hands. So uh, it's understandable uh, if, uh, you know, throwing and catching the ball when it, when it starts to get cold becomes difficult. Well, luckily for the Browns, they have two weapons on the ground. And so that's why I think that they, uh, if they're going to beat the Steelers, because if, if you're trying to throw it over Minka Fitzpatrick's head, I think they're just asking for trouble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I especially think you're, just, you're they're, begging for it. Their confidence is sky high. Like, and, and I guarantee you, they're going to pop on film of that Browns offensive line and be like, man, like TJ Watt is going to be thinking, I'm going to do worse than than what Bosa did. Like that's that's what he's thinking. So to me, the way you neutralize him and you neutralize the Steelers is you say, all right, hey, offensive line, big uglies, go get ugly. And you're going to go there, and you're going right. to just go downhill. Everything is going to be downhill. And and then when you need to throw it, you can because that pass rush has been beaten up. It, it's it's much easier said than done. Um, but but I, I think offensively, if the game plan is correct, this idea that the Steelers' defense is the steel curtain, it's not. It's not the steel curtain. I, and I, I, like who, I like how they're playing, and you and I both liked the Minka Fitzpatrick trade because we thought, eh, the Steelers are still going to be in it. They're going to be around eight and eight still. Like you know, people freaked out, thought it was going to be a top five pick. That, that doesn't happen with the Steelers. You know, they they just don't do that. Their culture isn't that. They're too good. They're too well coached. So so that's one end of it. On the other end, how about the the Browns get after Mason Rudolph? I don't. I'm, I'm done with this. Mason Rudolph is good. Mason Rudolph isn't good. Get after him and and, and make up for the the awful play that you had against Brandon Allen. Because that's the key to this whole thing to me. Like, if, if they can make Mason Rudolph look like a first-year starting quarterback, I know he's in the second year, but first-time starting quarterback, then they'll be fine. Teams haven't done that. They've let the Steelers run the ball and, and score defensive touchdowns like they did against the Rams and have that type of success. And, and if you give up touchdowns other ways – then the Steelers' defense is going to settle in, and they're going to pick you off and get that pass rush going. You just can't do that. So I, I think it's ground and pound, get after Rudolph, make him throw it. I don't think he can beat you. Well, Mason Rudolph's beaten a few guys already, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not willing to say that. Uh, they, dude, they won five freaking games. Who'd they beat? They're winning. Who'd they beat? They're winning games. Who'd they beat? Well, if they beat the Browns, you're going to say the same thing. They haven't beaten anybody because the Browns are, have a losing record. They, they beat the Rams yesterday. Sure. They beat the Colts. Without Jacoby Brissett. They beat the Dolphins they, after being down by 10. Everyone but two teams have beaten the Dolphins. They beat the Chargers. Yeah. You know, and everyone's beaten the Bengals. Okay. My point is, and it's, it's very simple. But I'll say the last two wins, 
The Colts and the Rams? Nothing to sneeze at. The Rams one was. Brian Hoyer sucks. <laughs> Brian Hoyer. So that was part of that one. I Because mean, Jacoby Brissett went down. And I get it. Brian Hoyer was, was good here and I, all of that stuff. But, yeah, it, it's it, – to me – the point is, I'm not I'm not knocking the Steelers, but the Rams. If Jared Goff was anything less uh, short of uh, of awful, the Rams would have won that game. I mean, that's the difference to me. And you could say give credit to the Steelers' defense, but good God, if Baker Mayfield can't outplay Mason Rudolph, I don't care who, what defense he's going up against with these weapons, then there's something wrong. And, and that's my point: is is as good as the Steelers have looked. They shouldn't beat the Browns. Like, talent-wise, they shouldn't. Now, if you want to talk about coaching and stuff like that, fine. And in, in, in on a short week, those are my concerns. But if the Browns come to play and they bring their hard hat and they're more physical than the Steelers, the, the Browns should win this game. And I know it's weird because I'm talking about the Steelers who have a better record and they've won four straight. But it's just the reality. I'm looking at it completely objection. Uh, 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 that, uh, I'm being completely objective. But... I'm not sure they can do that. I'm leaning towards, and maybe I'll, I'll change my mind here in the next five minutes or so when we do our picks, I'm leaning towards picking the Steelers. So it, it might sound like I'm I'm going against them here. I just I don't think Mason Rudolph's that good, and I think if you force him to throw and you get off to an early lead and you run the ball at a high level, you should win this game, especially at home. Well, uh, I don't disagree that they should win, um, and maybe they will, uh, but, uh, you know, the Browns have already shown us talent isn't everything this year. Um, and a short week combined with a better coach on the other sideline, combined with uh, the fact that the Steelers have established themselves now and completely flipped their season around while the Browns are trying to get off the mat on a short week here. I'm just I'm not convinced that this is as easy as you're you're making it sound. See, you sound like me a couple of weeks ago when I was like, oh yeah, you know, I was doing the schedule game and I was running down all the games. Oh yeah, that Steelers game on Thursday night football that's going to be win after the Bills game, and then they got Miami. There's you know three, four, five games in a row they're going to win, and then they can go to Pittsburgh, and if they can steal, see, I, I just what part of I how do I, I make it sound easy? You're making it sound pretty easy. I'm man. saying Mason Rudolph isn't that good, but they're winning without him. I mean, honestly, they could have Jalen Samuels play quarterback. Like with the, <laughs> the 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 way they're winning is defensive scores, turnovers, yep. sacks, and running the ball. It has yep. nothing to do with Mason Rudolph. So if you can't somehow stop the run with James Conner and Jalen Samuels, by the way, the Rams did a pretty good job of that. And then limit Mason Rudolph, who has no real speed threat. Deontay Johnson, I guess, but there's no like even John Brown on that team. And I get Juju Smith Schuster's good, but you guard Jarvis Landry every day in practice. They're they're similar receivers, physical guys, good route runners. So you're prepared there. Like like to me, it, it's it, it's as simple as being more physical. Now, if the Steelers come in and push you around, they're going to kick your ass and win thirty to ten, and we're going to say same old Browns. And I've been on, I've watched plenty of games as recently as last year where it was, oh, the, the Steelers, they're, they look vulnerable going into this game. And then they're not. They look, yeah. Antonio Brown, eh, we'll see. And then they're not. So the Browns, from a talent perspective, it isn't close, but this game will not be easy. The, the, that's, that's the difference. They're nowhere near as talented as the Rams. The, you know, like like the, the Steelers' talent right now, they have a the 28th best quarterback in the league, 
a top 15 to 20 running back, a top 15 to 20 wide receiver. They have a top 10 edge rusher in a top 10 defensive back. And then Joe Hayden, who played really well the other day, but he's still not a top 10 defensive back anymore. So th- that's what they have. But they are they play well together, they're playing with a lead, and they're being more physical than their opponent. And that's that's it. it, it so it, it's simple. It won't be easy. I may, I, And I get why simple could be uh, portrayed as easy or sound easy coming off easy. No, this game is going to be, if they win this, this will be their easily their best win of the season. Their their hardest win of the season, but if they do it, they're right back in this thing, and and, and I'll start believing that they can turn it around. I don't believe it yet. I and, and I'll go ahead and say it. They're going to lose this game. I don't think they're going to win it. I think that there's going to be the the turnover that happened uh, on Sunday, where the Bills got it and ran it down, and it was the punch to the gut, and then it got ruled an incomplete pass. I don't right. think that'll happen against the Steelers. I think that's a fumble. You know, like I think, however, they'll get the key turnover that they need in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. So if it comes down to that, I have zero confidence that the Browns are going to be able to pull it out because I've seen the Steelers in that situation so many times just watching football over the past two, two and a half decades. I I have a number for you because Mason oh. Rudolph, you told me Mason Rudolph's terrible, right? He's not good. He's not good. He's right? not good. What if I told you he's got a better passer rating? I don't than care. Mayfield. So does Andy Dalton. <laughs> so does Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton no, isn't just better mess. than Baker. I'm just no, I'm I know, just but like I, I have all these, you know, all these. Obviously, I have a lot of Cincinnati followers, and they're like, dude, Baker sucks, blah blah blah. And, and I'm like, <laughs> man, get out of here. The the Bengals right now would trade multiple picks and Andy for Baker. Anyways, yeah, yeah you could you could give me whatever numbers. The the point is, Mason Rudolph shouldn't scare you. In in, in much like Josh Allen where the goal is make Josh Allen beat you, like with his arm, make Mason Rudolph beat you with his arm. Because I think Josh Allen is better than Mason Rudolph. You know, if if Mason Rudolph just balls out and throws for 350 yards and is just thrown into tight windows and taking hits and throwing with Miles Garrett in his face, and that's just what he does, and they score 40, well, it might be frustrating, but, you know, you could tip your cap. I just I don't think he's capable of that. And that's what you need to force him to, to try to do. But, no, I, I like the Steelers in this one, man. I do. I, th- I think it'll be hard-fought game, a frustrating game. It, it'll be much like much like the Broncos game where it's there. It feels like they, they can win the game, and they just don't. 23-17 is my feeling. And, and I counted, by the way, I know you said you were 4-4 four and four going into last week, so you're 5-4. Five and four. I'm 5-4. Fi- I'm 5-4 and four as well. So uh, yeah, I I have the Bron- uh, the Broncos. I have the the Steelers this week twenty three seventeen. I don't know who I have yet. No, that's fine. It's a, we're recording this on a Monday. It's a quick turnaround. Yeah, it, it's I, a, a really quick turnaround. Make sure you get Daryl's prediction in his game preview at ninety two three thefan dot com. Um, I just I I agree with you. And I I said it earlier. You know they they have a chance to really turn this thing around and set up December first at Pittsburgh is the game that could potentially get them to 500 at 6-6. Six and six. And then if they can get to that point, that to me is when you can have the conversation about turning the season around and running the table and that because then you, you have Cincinnati at home, a trip to Arizona, the big one with the Ravens December 22nd, and then you go to, down to Cincinnati and, and uh, probably end the season on, on a positive note. I just think they dug the hole too deep. I think the 2-6 and six is too deep of a hole to come out of. Mm-hmm. It's Yes, the win Sunday was fantastic against Buffalo. Wasn't pretty, wasn't perfect, but a win's a win. 
We're not going to complain about it like I did after the New York Jets game. I learned my lesson because they ended up losing four in a row uh, and going over a month without a victory. But I do I agree in the sense that I think that this if they win Sunday night, it, it they're going to need ten days to recover for Miami Thursday like night. It's, it, yeah, I mean. It is just going to be so – this is going to be a knock them down, drag them out, good old-fashioned AFC North uh, slugfest in chilly weather. Yeah. Well, so, you know what I'd do? I'd get Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb on yeah. ice. And they had – what did they have, 33 touches combined, I believe? 33, yeah, 34, like that. in that range. I, I said in the tailgate show, I, I said 40 was the blueprint. It I'd should, go up to 45, I, maybe 50. I was literally about this 45. And that, that includes passes. You know, passes or runs. A lot yeah. of those passes to Kareem Hunt were basically runs. And he's so damn elusive, by the way. I forgot how elusive that guy was. He's pretty damn elusive. That guy could play. So that's what I would do. Because Minka Fitzpatrick, again, hit him in the mouth. Hit him in the mouth some more. Hit him in the mouth some more. And, and you try to break them. It can be done. I get it for the since the Browns came back, especially right. It's been the the Steelers have just dominated. They've dominated both professional Ohio teams. I'm sick and tired of it, to be honest. I hate the Steelers. I I I'm not going to be uh, completely objective this week during the game. I prom I will be rooting for the Browns. I would be rooting for the Browns if I never took the job at the fan. I hate Pittsburgh. I hate the yep. Steelers. I hate them. I hate them, and I hate them because of things like this. This year, and, and part of it's jealousy, but this year, when they lose their starting quarterback and they should win four games, they're not. They're going to be in the freaking wild card race. That's what's going to happen. So I'm sick of it. The Browns are more talented. Freddie Kitchens, get the hell out of the way. Stop making weird game time management decisions, and please let your talent do their job. If that happens, we will be uh, – We'll be celebrating. Browns fans will be celebrating. I will, too, because anytime the Steelers lose, it's a damn good day in the NFL. Um, we'll be celebrating on Thursday night there. I just And I, into Friday. I, and into Saturday I, uh, and into Sunday. I'm just not <laughs> I'm not confident at all that it'll happen. I'm well, not you know what? If the, if the Browns win Thursday night, Browns fans deserve four days to celebrate. No doubt. That, right? No doubt about it. Because <laughs> the, the celebration's already cut short. Like, yesterday I was already thinking, like, last night I was like, all right, well, they won. Yeah. Damn, Pittsburgh looms. <laughs> got, got to fix that goal line offense because Pittsburgh's next, Yeah, because right? you're not going to get down there six times against the Steelers. You're going to yeah, get down well, there three times, and you're going to have multiple field goals, and Austin Seibert can't miss anything. And I get it. That was a you know 48-yard extra point. Can't miss anything. That They're, they're going to have to be perfect. They are. They're going to have to be perfect. And I, if the Browns are smart, they, they, uh, they take the West uh, – they take going east to west – in the fourth quarter, in the second and the fourth quarter, so they don't have to kick into the dog pound, and they make the Steelers kick into the dog pound uh, in in that uh, you know critical fourth quarter. Because I, I listen, I I think it's going to be a tight game. I do. Um, I, I I think it'll be a one score game. I just right now I hate to be riding the fence on you here, James. I just I'm not ready to make a no. It's fine. Yet. The Steelers are going to win. Wow. I've seen it too much. You understand, like... Well, uh, like, no, I understand. I mean, I could bring up the record of the Steelers against the Browns yeah. since 1999. I mean, the, the, but, the, 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 Browns are, the Browns are the little brother that just gets their butt kicked all the time. You know how many times I've written and talked about, and, and I, I know I keep bringing up since, it, it, but it, it's just the reality of it. it, referred to the Bengals as the little brother of the Steelers? Like, the Browns and the Bengals are in the same spot when it comes to the Steelers. They get their ass kicked every time. 
They just do, even yeah. on good years, even when they're more talented. So this is a time. And the good news is, though, I will say this. At least we saw, like, a lot of the things they did against the Bills, that's what they have to do against the Steelers. Right. Like, well, you're talking about a defense that's extremely physical and trying to force yeah. turnovers and going to hit Baker. Like, a lot of that is they might have to do more of it, but a lot of what they did against the Bills from an offensive standpoint, they, uh, they're going to have to do against the Steelers, maybe just more magnified. Yeah, well, I, and uh, again, if, uh, unfortunately, the Ravens have replaced the Browns uh, as uh, not only one of the dominant teams within the division, uh, the Browns since returning haven't been a dominating team in anything other than losing, but, um, you know, that's been the rivalry in the division. It's been Steelers v. Ravens. So, uh, and I know fans have been asking for years, you know, what's it going to take for the old Brown-Steelers rivalry to get rekindled? Well, this is one of those games, James, where Pittsburgh's riding high. They've won four straight. They think they have their season turned around. The Browns, they're, you know, they're on life support. And if they can basically put a dent in Pittsburgh's comeback while also at the same time potentially fueling theirs, and then again I go to that December 1 game and what could potentially be on the line there. I mean, that's how you reignite this rivalry is by playing meaningful games and winning those meaningful games. Browns and Steelers have played very few meaningful games since 1999. I'd probably say the last meaningful game these two teams played was the playoff game in, in January 2002, right? Or 2003, right? Yep. And, uh, and guess it, guess what I watched before the season? I remember watching it live on CBS. You watched that, play, you watched that I, playoff I game. went back on YouTube because I couldn't remember the fourth. Did Dennis Northcutt catch the third down pass yet? Oh, God, man. Sorry. You know man, who was so just... good in that game? Kevin Johnson was really good. In yes, that game. He was. yes, he was. Yes, he was. He was really good. I, I was because again it goes and back Kelly to Holcomb them. was too. Kelly Holcomb I mean, that's was good. The, that that started the whole quarterback controversy and really sent the Browns spiraling down the 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 quarterback carousel. Damn you, Kelly Holcomb! Until they, until they found <laughs> Baker Mayfield, right? I mean Be, that being that good. was the that was the beginning of the whole quarterback carousel. Was the you know the year after that playoff? But game. but that's that's the example. Tommy yeah. friggin Maddox. Right? Yeah. Tommy Maddox, out of the XFL, the failed league, the Steelers find him and turn him into a, a franchise guy for a couple of years and win with him, and then they're down by two scores in the fourth quarter on the road in the snow and find a damn way. Were they on the road? I think they were on the road. I thought that, yeah, it was a home game for the Browns. Yep. It, it just, ah, like, But that's what I've seen time and time and time again. So there's no doubt about it. Like, I don't claim to be a Browns fan, and I'm never going to claim to be a Browns fan, but by God, I hope they just kick the hell out of the Steelers this Thursday. I hate the Steelers. Yeah. Well, so. I, I don't <laughs> I'm, I'm just being honest the with Steelers, you. Oh, I hate them. I, hey, I, you know what? I hate them. Mad respect for the honesty, but uh, – No, you got to be – you're covering the game. You're supposed to be in part – I get how it. How can I but, – but here's the thing. How can I hate a franchise that does it the right way? No, and the wins. Patriots do it the right and, way. And, 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 and have championships. Patriots do it the right way. Well, so do the Steelers, yeah. man. Whether you want to, you might hate them, but they stay. They, they no, still I do know. It the right way. I said part of it's jealousy, no doubt. I said yeah. part of it's jealousy. It, that's exa- no, all of it's jealousy. Maybe I, I want to give the pregame speech beforehand. They'll be physical if I do that on on Thursday. You want to? I'll be, so uh, I'll be at the field Freddie house covering the Cavs. It. But no, I would okay. do it. Oh, I'll do it. I'll Skype in. I'll, I'll Facetime You'll, in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking about you giving a pregame speech. Oh, dude, I, just, I would be. They they probably wouldn't like me. I would cuss a lot. 
<laughs> Certainly wouldn't be able no, to. No, they'd really like, no, you're allowed to cuss. You're allowed to do that. It's not being broadcast. Wouldn't be able it's to air like it on 92.3 The fans the fan. could be broadcasting it. Yeah, we know? could air it on the podcast later. I might have to still bleep out some things, though. Just, yeah, I'm you know, guessing you probably would have to. For the kids. Um, real quick, I have two questions for you mailbag-wise before we get out of here. You ready? Oh, yeah. Tony the Chauffeur says, for the podcast, if this game wasn't Kitchen's worst coach game, it's definitely up there. He's talking about the win over the Bills. Do you feel he needs to show he can win games, or can he save his job by his team winning games, perhaps despite him? The only way to keep his job is to win football games, plain and simple. It is a pass-fail league. They passed on Sunday. So if he goes 9-7 and seven and they make the playoffs, let's just – is oh, he ba- is he yeah, back? You're, yeah, you're, oh yeah, absolutely, he's R- back. Regard- if they go nine and uh, let's put, if they go nine and seven and don't make the play because nine and seven is not getting you in the playoffs anyway. So, but if they go nine and seven, I don't think that's the case. But go ahead, there will be well, a nine I, and seven team in. If, if they go nine and seven, he stays. I think he can stay at eight and eight because that means you flip the two and six start into a six and two finish, and I, I think it'd be hard to justify making a change. Um, if they finish below 500, if it's seven and nine or six and 10, I think that, uh, there is a chance a change could be made in January. I'm not saying that there is going to be one. I'm just saying if they finish below 500, I think that, that, that would, uh, be an indicator that a potential change could come. But if they're 500 or better, that means they turn things around and, uh, they're feeling pretty good going into 2020. Yeah. I, I, I think, we're going to learn a lot about Freddie this week. They, you know, it's a short week. You know, you, you have literally 96 hours in between games for Pittsburgh. You, you have 100 hours, like, in between them getting in the shower after the Bills game and then taking the field and getting ready to play 8 o'clock Thursday night. So it's it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an interesting one and tell a lot about Freddie Kitchens. As of now, I think he's out. You certainly can uh, find a way if they can make a run. It starts with Thursday. One more. Jason asks... Who you would take long term, Baker or Lamar? Baker. I I love Lamar. I think he's revolutionizing the game. I just don't know about the longevity. How long is that? How? Whereas with Baker, I know he's a 15 year franchise quarterback. Like I don't know if Lamar Jackson is a 15 year player. I don't know if he's a five year player, eight year, ten year. You know what I'm saying? So I from a long term because that was the question. Baker Mayfield's a 15-year franchise quarterback, so I would go Baker. Yeah, I get it, and I still lean that way. Baker was my top quarterback in that draft. Obviously, it was the Browns. I know he was number one on a lot of boards, despite what the national media. I've heard, by the way, nationally over the past couple of weeks, like, yeah, Baker was low-end first round, second round great on all these boards. No, no, no. I, I, I know for a fact the Bengals had him one on their board. I know other teams had him one. The Patriots had him one. The Browns had him one. It, it, this isn't like the the Browns are the only team that thought Baker was one. It's just it's amazing the reports that come out. Um, and that was last week, by the way. I heard that you know some national outlets talking about it. Anyways, I still take Baker. I think, I think, but Lamar is everything I thought he was going to be, and that's and right. that's why like the idea of him falling as far far as he did. In hindsight, right. would I would I rather have traded up from the, the you know the Austin Corbett pick three spots and getting Lamar and then in an alternate universe use that value to get um, the, the offensive lineman from from Notre Dame? I keep forgetting his name. The uh, the guard, you know, like, like that's in an alternate universe maybe. But no, I, I'm fine with Baker overall. But yeah, of course you you could go back and be like, well, 
well, they could have done this and that, but it's it's easy to say that. But no, I I still like Baker. You're not going to respond. I'm shocked. I'm shocked, dude. I, I I was Baker was always one, but Lamar you're was a Baker hater. That's what you are. I'm kidding. No, I you're right. I hate him. I That's hate him. right. I'm criticized for be, being a Baker hater for you know criticizing some of the things he does and the way he plays at times. So it's it's okay. Well, he better play well Thursday. If you can't, I, know, I forgot Mason we're Rudolph. supposed to. Wor- I forgot we're supposed to worship these guys at all times, and they can do no wrong. So make sure bad. you follow Daryl and his optimistic self on Twitter at Right or Wrong Fan. <laughs> Check out his work at ninety two three thefancom I got plenty on the Cavs. We didn't get to the Cavs. The Cavs, Cavs as of now, four and five. The John Beeline era off to a pretty solid start. I'm digging it, Daryl. I'll buy your stock. You were selling. I'm buying. I'll buy all the John Beeline stock. They're gonna lose a bunch of games. But uh, I think he's the man for the job. I've seen enough. Nine games in, he's going to be a success. There you go. There's your take. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at James Erpine. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the Radio.com app. Daryl, you got anything before we go? Uh, I agree with you. I think John Beeline's doing oh, a hell of a job. I think that, that. The, Cav- I, the Cavaliers are a lot of fun to watch. Um, I have raised my win projection from – Hovering at or below 20, I'm now raising it to 25. Really? Interesting. Yes. Oh. Yes. Tristan Thompson and said the I, other day they plan on I be- might I might raise it even higher. As far as Tristan Thompson's comments about trying to chase the let's let's uh, pump the brakes on that. Let's get on a roll here. Let's, you know, first things first, don't do what the Browns did. Uh, let's not put the cart before the horse. They're off to a really really nice start. I certainly didn't think that they would have four wins. By mid-November already, they're two weeks uh, ahead of schedule. Last year they were four and eleven or four and twelve. It took to, yeah. to the end of November. How about them curb stomping the Knicks? And the Knicks executive had to come out and calm down the New York media. The, the Knicks are day. a joke. You want to know about oh, a they're... joke? That's a joke. I can't believe he did that. If I was David Fisdale, wow. I physically would have hurt Steve Mills. <laughs> if my boss ever does it, no, I'm dead ass serious. You can't, you shouldn't do that. He's in there coaching his team after an awful loss, ten games into the year, and he goes to the media and talks all this trash about his coach, and that's clearly what he was doing. Oh no, I'd have scooped him up, I'm, unless there was something in my contract, then I might not have. I'm fired up today. I I see that. Yeah. Scoop them up the same way the Browns need to scoop up the Steelers. Make sure you keep it locked on 923thefan.com for all of the latest. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. I'm not sure when we'll be back. We'll be back uh, recapping the Steelers win loss draw uh, on Thursday, though. So make sure you keep it locked right here on 923thefan. Thank you so much for listening to the Cleveland Sports Beat Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.